Hey, folks, this is Coach Goins, and welcome into another fantastic episode of the GQ Coaches Show, the real talking sports. So listen, as everybody's dialed in, you say, man, there's three guys on the screen tonight. You know what? Because we it is on and popping. So I'm going to kick it to the greatest co-host this side of heaven that's going to have the awesome responsibility of introducing our guest. Coach Quick, what's popping? Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, I like to introduce to some and present to others. He's a he's been a caddy on the PGA tour. Welcome to the GQ Coaches Show, Mr. Cortez Corky Simpson. <laughs> hey, fellas, thanks for having me, man. Great introduction, man. Hey, man, you can't you, yes, you can't you, you can't miss it. He's he's a first of all, besides probably besides your your dad, Corky, ain't nobody a bigger Carolina fan. Uh, they coach quick. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So you know you gotta tell them some stories about you and MJ uh out on that uh, out on the links. But with that, folks, we're we're so excited. So let me just tell you a little background here. Uh again, uh Cork and I go way back. When I say way back, his mom and my mom are first cousins, his grandfather, my grandfather, brothers. So uh yeah, he's family. Uh so it's so good to see him. He came up and participated in Coach Bobby Collins uh basketball camp this summer, also came up. Uh, and participated in uh, Coach BC's golf tournament. Uh, you know, how, how can you have a golf tournament and not have a PGA certified caddy? And also, he's the pre- he, he's the president and uh, also uh, a CEO of One Stroke, um, which is an awesome you know, golf program for youth and also game prevention. So with that, Corky, I'm gonna ask you this question, man. Just just what's on your heart, man? Take us there, and then we'll get we'll get rocking and rolling. Hey, man. First of all, just let, let me tell you, thank you. Um, I'm honored to be the first guest that you all have having with this format. Uh, I take honor. Um, it's a blessing. Uh, brother, let me thank you for always being a role model to me all my life, you and your brother Lamar. Lamar um, uh, your mother has always been a mother, you know, uh, to us all. You know, growing up, man, she's such, such a beautiful lady. Uh, I'm in the process now trying to go back home and, and, and rebuild on that land right down the street from her. So, hey, man, I, I appreciate all the help you all did. And, and just thanks for having me, man. And it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So with that, I'll go ahead and kick it over to Coach Quick for that first question. Yes, sir. Cortez, I'd just like for you to talk to our listeners about your passion for being a caddy and what made you want to become a caddy? Coach, to be honest with you, man, I didn't have a desire to become a caddy. You know, growing up in Pinehurst, um, we had um, our ancestors did a lot of, of, of caddying, you know, so by the time we came along, we weren't carrying nobody's bags, you know. <laughs> but but the thing That's was, the, 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 the seeds were planted and the knowledge of the game was planted. You know, I was introduced to the game at a very, young, very young age by both of my grandfathers. So um, got to Washington D.C. in 2010 and was presented with the opportunity to become a caddy. Uh, if I was able to cut it, went through five interviews, um, three over the phone, two in person, and then I had to pass a two-day orientation. Uh, at TPC Potomac, and once I did that, I, I was certified. So, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, man, the, the desire just came from the love of golf. Um, hopefully, one day here soon, so I want to be carrying my bag around the golf course. You know, so that's that's that, that's the goal. 
Yes, sir. That It sounds like you definitely uh, uh, adopted a passion for it and a love for being a caddy. So, man, I, I'm just looking forward to the rest of this interview and just chopping it up and getting to know you even more and know your desire about caddying and even more. Thank you, sir. Yeah, well, yes, sir. Yeah, so here's what I want to go. I, I want to take, take – take, here's the buzz around college football, and we got to go there. Right. We know that. And I'm going to and I told these guys I got to do this. So I'm going to do this real quick. So Cortez, in honor of Deion Sanders, let me put these on right here like this. Yeah, so I can make sure I, I, if I had a Stetson, I dropped that on. But I ain't got that far yet. So right. in, the, in honor of the what's your take on on Coach Prime and everything that's going on in Colorado? Uh, best thing since white bread, because <laughs> <laughs> OK, we, we needed it. Uh, America needed it. NCAA needed it, okay? Um, this brother is just an example of so many other brothers mm. that, 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 that have the confidence in themselves, that know who they are. Uh, it was a little piece he put out the other day that was talking about, do you think I care what you think of me? And that wasn't to talk bad about anybody else in the room. That was to let everybody in the, else in the room know that what he thought about himself. That there he you go validation from anyone else and a lot of people can't handle that you know um especially with him being an african-american uh male and having the confidence and the, the know-how to move and affect people the way that he does it's amazing man um and and it's intimidating to a lot of people but i i, I love him i follow him on every site he has i follow him Oh, without a doubt, man. I, I was at a cookout Saturday, Coach Quick. I told the boys, they said, what you rushing out there? Boy? I said, boy, Prime, come on. At 6 30, they said, they said, how you gonna get that? It ain't on, it ain't televised. I said, it may not come on your TV, but it's coming on my it's gonna come on my TV by way of Coach Quick. So I got in and turned on that Pac-12 network and I sat back and I was like, here we go. So with that, I'll kick it over to you, Coach. Yes, sir. Um, Cortez, share with our audience, what are some of your most memorable moments on the PGA Tour? Oh, man. Um, it's quite a few. Um, I I began catting for MJ um, my second season, which was down in Miami. And um, I had run into him the day before and let him know that I was there. And the following day, he had a caddy. Of course, and you know, I I, I sit in front of his caddy because he makes he said, "Well, Cortez, if I knew you was here, I'd I'd have brought you out." And I told him, "I said, no, you have a caddy right here. I don't want to take his job, but if you ever come and you have some some guests and you need an extra caddy or two, let me know. I'd love to go out with you." So the following day, he was up on the um up on the driving range. He was talking to the director of golf down in Turnberry Isle, and that's an aventura, and um. I began to walk towards him and I saw him lean over to look past the director and overheard him say, who do you have with me today? And the director said, we got your regular caddy. And he said, I want that young man right there. And the director turned around and said, Cortez, he's new. He just got here from, from DC. He, he don't know much about the course. He said, that's who I want, jump on. So I jumped on the I jumped on the back of the cart, man, and from that day forward, I called myself MJ's first round draft choice. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> that's big time right there. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. But there, there's been a there's been a number of, of of you know things that have happened to me out there. I was down at um 
at the uh, FedEx one year uh, at um, East Lake, and Tiger was at that 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 uh, event. And Big Cuz called and was like, "Yo, man, I see you at the event. Next time you see Tiger, go live for me." So I just happened to be standing outside the trailer, you know, when 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 Tiger came out. So I hit him. You know, and I just, I followed him maybe, and it may have taken like 30 seconds to 45 seconds of just exclusive footage of just walking with Tiger, you know, just me, him, and his caddy, you know, and, and being able to share that with Cuz and, 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 you know, and I guess everybody else that was watching. So it's a number of things, man. You know, God has blessed me and has always shown me favor wherever I went. So I got a number of stories. I'm actually writing a book right now calling, um, it's titled, Staying one step ahead of the greatest. So yes, so, sir. Yeah, so so it's just a it's a couple of stories about being out with him and Lawrence Taylor and uh, Alonzo Morning, uh, LeBron. Been out a t- couple of times with Alonzo way back in the day when LB was down in in Miami. So you know, I got a few stories to tell, brother. Yes, sir. I'll tell you what, Cortez. I think I speak for Coach Goins when I say whenever you get that book written. Yes, you got to come back on the show and we got to uh, get it out there for you, man, so that yes. we can get everybody a copy of the book so we can learn more about that, about some of those outstanding stories that you had. Thank you, sir. Yeah, because yes, because once he drops it, here's what I'm thinking. Once he drops it, we do we just go and do a live show right there at the book sign. Right. We can do that and do the live show right there and just really chop it up. But yeah, Coach Quick, that's what's special. I'm sitting there watching and I knew Cortez was there. I shot him a note. I said, man, if you're near Tiger, next thing I know, boom, he's like, and then Tiger steps out of the trailer and he just fought. I mean, it was like an exclusive. It was just like I was standing right there. I mean, and that only happens when you know somebody that's out on the circuit. So that always stands out. Now, if I'm 105 years old in the nursing home playing checkers, I'll have to, t- I'll have to tell that story without, without a doubt. So, Hey, listen, here's where I want to go right here. So I know, you know, you you grew up in Feb a little bit, played at Pinecrest. So so tell us, tell Coach Quick what you dropped that night, because uh, I, I think you had a strong double digit game when you went back to your old stomping grounds. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I had I had a strong first half anyway. Oh yeah, first <laughs> half. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what what happened, Coach? Was you know I returned to. Uh, I originally grew up in Fayetteville and, and, and attended Westover Senior High School and um, grew up with all those fellas on there. And they came to us and we played them. We played them in Pinecrest and they beat us in Pinecrest. And then we went back to when they went when the game shifted back to Westover. Um, I didn't start, but I came off the bench. I dropped 28 in the first half. Well, went into halftime, and that was the last time I seen the floor. <laughs> so t- I take the whole second half out, man. And then after the game, one of the other players asked Coach Davis, said, Coach, why didn't you put Corky back in? He said, because Corky was playing for the crowd. I said, yes, I surely was. <laughs> Yeah, but he dropped 28 in the in the in the crowd pleasing event. Yeah, that's a big time first half performance right there. Yeah. <clears throat> one of my best, brother. One of my best. Yes, sir. So my next question, I obviously MJ had to be, you know, one of your favorite players. But who did you most watch growing up? 
and you wanted to pattern your game after? Uh Lynn Bias, man. Wow. Wow. Man, yeah, I mean, I remember watching that game when when they played Carolina, and 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 Lily stole stole got a steal from somebody. He came down and did that yeah that 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 miraculous, <laughs> and I jumped up and yelling and screaming. And Mama came in there and turned me. But yeah, man, it's just between those two, man. You know, and and during that time, Dad was the was the physical, uh, was the fitness director at Carolina. That's where I re- uh, originally met MJ at. Um, so I spent a lot of time, you know, on the UNC campus while those fellows were. I think MJ was a freshman and Lawrence Taylor was a senior at the same time. You know, so I met a lot of those fellows during that time. But you know, Lynn Bias was just man. I just hate to see you know. And I hate to know what we 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 what we could have missed or what we would have missed. Rather. Wow, now, you know what? That's a, that that that's a great call because you know people don't realize just how great he was. Uh, you talk about that. I remember that game when I think his point guard was uh, Keith Gatlin, mm-hmm. and they were they were playing in in Carolina. He bounced the ball off the off somebody's back and stepped in bounds, called and made a quick two points. And, and I'll never forget that. So, hey, Coach Quick, let me go ahead and drop a little knowledge on you that you may not know. So, as you just heard, you know, Corky said his dad was at Carolina. His dad was the last three-sport letterman in North Carolina history. So he played – it was all 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 ACC all-conference football player, all-conference track, and he was Dean Smith's sixth man. So how do you – what do you think about that, Coach Quick? Oh, that's awesome, man. I think I know who you're talking about. That's <laughs> That's got to be – that's pretty special right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a trailblazer. He's a Star Hill trailblazer. Matter yeah, of fact, I, I wear this in, in, in reference to him. He is a sister AD down at South Carolina now. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about now, <laughs> Mr. Charles Waddell. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly yes. right. And, he said, and, and, I, and I was going I was going to call that out because I, I saw that uh, South Carolina. And anytime like the women, women are playing, I always make sure I like get up to close to the screen and look. And I said, oh, there he is sitting right behind the scores table uh, when they making their uh, when they making their runs. So, it, again, it's just it's such an honor and privilege that, you know, again, we had to have that ability to have you on the show talking about their history and, and everything that just goes along with me. Coach Quick, man, as you know, you know me for. Oh my gosh! I, yeah, that long, and then I've known Corky longer than I've known you, and I've seen you guys grow up. Well, but here's the thing where I want to go. So Cortez, as, as you sit there, as the years start to the, the trickle off, and you look back on your life, man, how important it? And, and here's where I, I want you to talk, toss this out to the young kids. How important is it to listen to the folks that have gone before you to kind of? I know I don't want to say make the trail easier. But just how important is just listening to folks that uh, that are trying to speak into your life? Very important. Um, but there's one thing that's a little bit more important than that. I taught school for 13 years, 10 in North Carolina, three down in Miami, in a city, Liberty City. Um, my students were from the age of 16 to 22. I had rival gang members sitting in a class where I'm trying to teach them algebra, algebra one, geometry, calculus. Very first day I walk into my classroom because I go to the chalkboard and I say, Mr. Chalkboard, 
I don't know any of these kids behind me, but when I turn around, they're going to have their pen and paper on their desk, their mouths going to be closed, their butt going to be in their chair, and they're going to be quiet, ready to go to work. Now, I don't know anybody's name back here, Mr. Talkboy, so I'm not going to call out anybody's name, but when I turn around, that's what's going to be happening. So the shepherding is going on when they hear that. Mm. So when I turn around, complete silence. And I say to them, I said, when you heard me say to the chalkboard that you would have pen and paper on your desk ready to go to work, a small, still voice came to you and said, get your pen. And when you heard me say to the chalkboard that your mouth was going to be closed and your butt was going to be in your chair, that same voice came back to you and said, get your mouth closed and sit down. Now, some of you, if not all of you, heard a voice say, oh, forget him. He crazy. He talking to the chalkboard. Keep doing what you're doing. But none of you listened to that voice. What they demonstrated to me is that they had the ability to listen to the right voice. Mm. So that whenever they were in those four walls, and that's what that was the voice I expected them to listen to. Because I knew they had the ability to. See, even when we don't have the older folks to come and plant those seeds, God has already placed the Holy Spirit with us. Mm. Yes, sir. So that the Holy Spirit will give us the answers when we don't have guidance, when we don't have role models, when we don't have a mother and a father or a guardian. So those things are very important because as you as you named, but there's one other voice that is much more important than the rest of those, and that's listening to the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Well said, well said. Coach Quick, what you got? Yes, sir. Cortez, talk to our listeners about your One Stroke Youth Program and how did it come about? Man, I was in Charlotte helping a brother with a uh, restoration program for brothers that was coming home from being incarcerated. Um, we were helping them get back on their feet, you know, get the driver's license, find somewhere to stay, you know, get licensed stuff, turn on in their names. Then I started thinking about, okay, well, I want to do this with the juvenile system. So I started working with kids that were coming home from group homes. And I named that, that program the Psalms, like the, the book in the Bible, the Psalms Youth Program. Well, I had to figure out an activity for my, for my kids to do. So as I'm sitting there at my brother's kitchen table, it's four o'clock in the morning, and I said, Lord, what activity can I create in order for these, you know, youth to be ex exposed to something different? And, you know, we all grew up doing the basketball and football thing, but a lot of kids don't get this opportunity to play golf. The game of golf is not exposed to them. So the Holy Spirit spoke and said, show them how to play golf. And I said, golf? Now I'm confused at first. I said, golf, you know, really, these children ready for golf? I said, how am I going to relate this, relate that to what I'm trying to teach them as far as life is concerned? And just like I'm sitting here talking to you now, the good Lord say, call it one stroke and show them how to play golf and live life one stroke at a time. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. I said, I said okay, okay. 
So what I did was I created one stroke as an activity. And I began to shop my program, the songs youth program around to, to other youth, youth organizations. And they would go through my, my packet, my introductory packet, and they would say, you have a good program here, but what's that activity right there? What's that thing right there you call one stroke? I don't need the whole program because we got a program here, but I want you to come in and do that activity right there. So I'm like, wow, one stroke is getting more attention than my whole program is. So what I did was because I had a nine-step curriculum in the Psalms youth program as far as rebuilding kids coming home from, from, from group homes. So what I did was I took the nine-step curriculum and I put it inside of one stroke. Mm. Yes, sir. And I called that the back nine. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> the reason why I call it the back nine is because when you plan around the goal, you try to work the kinks out on the front side. Mm. Okay. You learn in the course, you learn in the lay, you learn in the greens, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to make wrong decisions. But when you make that turn halfway point, and you start down the back nine. Now, let's tighten it up. We ought to be able to bring it home. Now, we done made the mistakes. We done figured out things we've done wrong. Now, let's make this, this back nine. We're going to put us a, 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 a nine-step program together. And we're going to follow these nine steps to success. And, brother, that's how One Stroke came about. I, I began to shop One Stroke with the, with the nine-step curriculum on the inside. And ever since then, it's been very positive wherever I've gone. Man, I tell you, I love it. I, that's pretty powerful how you got it started as well. Thank you. Yes, sir. V, kicking it back to you. Well, listen, folks, don't, don't, you know, don't, don't call us. What we ask you to do is, is check Cortez out. Don't, don't challenge us why we got him on the show. We got him on the show. I told him way back in the summertime, I said, hey, you're going to be the first on when we kick this thing off. Now, in that, somebody said, well, you guys have done some shows. Yeah, but he's the first on since we've been doing a new format, actually doing and, and doing the show and putting it up on our YouTube channel. So check us out. And again, what an awesome man. You know what? You, that's nothing but divine stuff. When you talk about the back nine, right? And you call it the back nine. That is that, that's off the chart. Now, also go ahead and tell everybody we I just saw that you've got a new adventure going in the transportation world. You know, and, and and I know, you know, actually, you know, and I'm not going to try to sit in and tell people what it is. So go ahead and drop that dime on on your new adventure. Well, um, man, you know, being a nonprofit organization, you got to think of different ways to raise funds. You know what I mean? You, you know, you get out there, you solicit, you, you, you try to obtain grants and this, that, and other, and they don't always work. So God will create different avenues for you to take in order to, in order to, to provide. Uh, so what we did, we started the One Stroke um, Professional Transportation. It's for the upper echelon group of people, um, more luxury type style riding, um, have access to two automobiles right now. We have a BMW and a Mercedes that we use. Um, it's not a regular Uber, you know, not saying things wrong with Uber because I use that quite often, yeah. but um, 
it's 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 for the the more exclusive type uh transportation means but thank you for that plug because i really appreciate that oh no man ain't nothing ain't nothing like rolling up you got to get out of the style and you know what coach coach quick if if you need that service you call them up and say i want the one with the top down that's why i don't <laughs> I, I let this natural blow in the wind so go ahead coach what's your question Yes, sir. My next question is, what types, um, how would you handle a rude golfer on the golf course? And how would you approach the rule dispute on the course? How would I handle a rude golfer? Yes, sir. Just like I would handle a polite golfer. Mm. Interesting. Yes, sir. Um, okay. Um, what was the second question before I get sidetracked with my story? How would you approach a rule dispute on the course? Um, a rule dispute. Um, I try to stay exclusively out of out of that realm. You know? Okay. Uh, we have uh, rules officials um, that 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 handle all of that. Um, two quick stories here. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the the first one being a rude golfer. Okay. I was, I was in Pinehurst and the caddy master called and said, Cortez, your players here. So I come out the caddy shack and I'm walking up and I see a gentleman, an elderly gentleman, he has his back to me. And my boss steps out of the out of his office and says, He's not your caddy. Cortez is your caddy and turns around and, you know, points at me. And he's an older gentleman, about 80 years old. He turns around and said, oh, I got a big old jumping monkey today. Are, oh. we, play are we playing golf or are we playing basketball? I said, sir. We're going to play golf today, but after we finish this round of golf, if you want to go shoot some basketball, we can do that too. But I'll be right back. Yes, sir. So I, so I had to step off and collect myself. Now, there was another brother that overheard him say that. And he said, did I hear him say what I think I heard him say? I said, yeah. He said, well, go and tell Jimmy you want somebody else that you don't want to go out with him. I said, no. I said, in order for the devil to pull that ace card on me the way that he did is something that he's trying to keep me from getting to. Not, not only was it that, I felt a moral obligation to go and show this man that everyone that looked like me was not a big old jumping monkey. Yes, sir. So by the time we got to the 18th hole, we're coming up, we're playing Pinehurst number two. We're walking up the fairway. The gentleman looks at me and says, Cortez, how much is that land that you're trying to buy in Fayetteville to build that golf course for the kids? I said, I'm not quite sure yet, sir. I just want to, you know, get enough for, for nine holes. You know, don't have to be long for the kids. It's about 20 acres. He said, well, it's probably about $5,000 a piece. That's about $100,000. He said, write it up and send it to me. Now, wow. I wrote it up and I sent it to him. And before I heard a response, he died. Okay. Now, I'm not, not here to say that he was going to give me the $100,000. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, sir. Just the fact that it went from, oh, that's a big old jumping monkey to wanting to be interested or even interested in helping or contributing what I was doing, my mission had been accomplished. Absolutely. Now, to, 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 to touch bases on the second question, I learned very early to keep my mouth closed on the golf course. Game. The very first hole I ever went out with MJ, very first day, very first hole number one, we tee off straight down the middle. Okay. We get to the ball. MJ is hitting the second ball, going to the green. It's heading for the it's heading for the bunker. I say, stay out, stay out, stay out. He say, get in, get in, get in. Get in. Okay, I ain't say nothing. We got up to the green. Out the bunker he came. Best hands, soft hands in the world. You know what I'm saying? Just great hands. He's great out the bunker. That's why he didn't mind it going in. Yes, sir. So we get up there. He's putting for par. There are two other caddies in this group. I'm, I'm exclusively riding with MJ and I'm handling MJ. The other two caddies are handling all of his other guests. MJ puts the ball in his head for the center of the cup. One of the other caddies say, get in, get in. Ball drifted and burnt the edge of the cup up. MJ looked up at him and said, keep your mouth off my balls. <laughs> That's it. I better keep my mouth closed out here because he could have stayed there to be back there in that fairway, but he didn't. You know what I mean? When I heard him say that to him, I shut up for the rest of the round. You know what I mean? Somebody <laughs> else's expense. Yes, sir. You learned a valuable lesson that quick. Yes, yes sir. Yes, sir. Hey, I Coach G. All right, listen, hey, as we start to start to uh, put, I just said, saw the timer on the wall. And as we start rocking, uh, start hitting the close, I just want I just want to thank you, uh, Cortez, for everything that you're doing. Uh, I know you and I got uh, got some stuff uh, brewing to try to get to a VA that's still in the works. Uh, we haven't forgot about that all. But I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for who you are. Thank you for allowing with God to always lead you. Thank you for taking time out and jump on the show. And I'll kick it over to Coach Quick for his closing comments. Yes, sir. Cortez, we, hey, I just like to piggyback off of that. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank you for everything that you're doing right now. And I bid you Godspeed with everything that you touch. Because I can tell God is definitely a big part of your life. And without him, we're nothing. You're walking with him by his grace, and his grace is sufficient. So I bid you Godspeed in everything that you touch. Thank you so very much, man. Let me take this opportunity to say thank you to the both of y'all, man. Uh, may God continue to use you all, man. Uh, keep blessing us with your show. It's a great show. Um, I hope you hear it and see it on the ESPN, Siri XM, real soon, man. Okay, and I speak that into existence right now. This is that. Hey, it's your time. It's your season, fellas. So walk into it. We appreciate it. Coach Quick, get us there. For Coach Goins, our very special guest, Mr. Cortez Corky Simpson. And for myself, 